Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling, award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you because Reed is definitely his own man with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy listeners from coast to coast, the Gulf to Mexico and around the globe. Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Well, today we're going to kind of elaborate on the historical stories of the last two weeks. Two weeks ago was the kind of the history of the Silk and Road, Silk Belt and Road Initiative by Red China, which is an unbelievable undertaking. You should definitely listen to that show if you have not on the rightsideradio.com. This is tied in with the formulation of the BRICS countries and the alternative currency to the dollar. It's all interrelated. It is critical you understand this because it affects everything in America and around the globe. And that means you, your financial security, your freedoms, and your family, and perhaps the future of this country. Actually, absolutely the future of this country. Then we're going to elaborate a little bit on last week's historical story, the history of recessions in the United States. Remember, we discussed on the rightsideradio.com, if you didn't hear it, uh, should we say the lies our government is telling us on the economic front, never mind all the other fronts. And I gave you kind of a economic rat-a-tat-tat of real statistics, which are kind of mind-blowing. We're going to elaborate on that today. And of course, then I will tie this in for you with the rest of the story. I have another set of economic rat-a-tat-tats. I got a lot of comments on that. People liked it. They hadn't heard that information before. And this rat-a-tat-tat, along with last week's, will give you a pretty good feel for the reality of where this economy and, shall we say, American prosperity, and therefore your prosperity, is really at, not the PSYOP stuff they're throwing at you. And we're going to slightly swerve from our usual custom of a quote from the founders today. I'm going to give you a quote from me. Think about it. It's deep and it's far-reaching and it has implications on every level of our lives, you and me and all Americans. Anything is possible and whatever is possible, they will do. Think about that. It might help to explain this bewildering series of events with unequal application of law and justice with a blind eye toward corruption and treason at the highest levels. And that's another thing we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about, because it's evolving, and I don't want to get ahead or over my skis on the story, what's coming out on the Biden family corruption. It's going to be a general kind of update for you on this expanding emergence of what we already knew was the Biden family corruption, but it's way deeper. It's way more extensive. It involves way more money and far more foreign players. This is treason at the highest levels. It's corruption at any level. But there are some amazing things coming to light, including actual tapes of these bribery deals being made for $5 million and $10 million and $3 million, you name it. And of course, the lack of prosecution points to further ingrained corruption in many agencies and at, unfortunately, increasing levels of all aspects of our government. It's outrageous. So now that you've had your quote for the day to think about albeit not from a founder, let me give you the rant story for this week. So I was pondering the other day, we have water 
out the butt here in Wyoming and on the ranch. In fact, so much water and the ground is so saturated that we and other ranches around us are actually bypassing our irrigation systems and dumping water. In ranch terms, dumping water means getting the water through the ranch, not using it for irrigation, and getting it back to the main tributary creek, which gets it away from the property as quickly as you can. It's not often that that has to be done on ranches out here in this dry and arid climate. And if it does, it's usually a matter of a few days. This has been going on for weeks. But it occurred to me as I watched the water boil and roil around rocks and eat at the banks of the main creek that goes through the ranch here, of an old saying in ranching, the water that's by you is gone. In other words, if you don't use water as it goes by you, it's gone forever. It's downstream. And what you're going to be hearing, not only in the update to the historical stories, but in the rather large rat-a-tat-tat I have for you today following all that, is an emerging tale of the wasting of our tax monies, the wasting of the wealth, the income, the earnings, the labor, the sweat, the production of the American people and the American nation by a government bent on using your tax money to maintain its own power to win and tamper with elections and to further the ideological convictions which are antithesis to American values. And just like that water in the creek, the money that's earned and then spent on malinvestment, on non-productive undertakings, on matters which do not benefit or better the lives and welfare of the American people is gone forever. Like water, it can't be recaptured. Let's start off with our Chinese Silk Road Initiative. If you remember the historical story from two weeks ago, and once again, please do listen to it if you have not. This is going to have a profound effect on your life. The belt part of the Silk and Belt, the Road and Belt Initiative, the Silk Road as China calls it, is all the overland improvement projects, the railroads, the highways, the transportation mechanisms, the other capital improvements. And the road part of the initiative is the maritime routes. And as of now, there's more than 150 cooperating countries involved in this initiative by China. China expects to spend, actually lend, it's quite clever, $8 trillion overall over the next 10 years. Their investments have been almost doubling every year for the last three this year estimated at $900 billion in infrastructure and improvements in various countries around the world on a spirit of cooperation basis, not the heavy-handed authority boot heel of military and financial coercion that the United States has been using. In fact, it is that coercion by the United States which has driven these countries to China's arms, and that includes Russia. Proper allies if the world was not upside down, and if we did not have treasonous individuals running this government, would be an alliance between Russia and America against China. But as we have seen over the last three to five years, everything that should be is reversed. And China's trillions of dollars of investment, which by the way is kind of stretching its financial capabilities also, is in the form of loans. Very clever. In other words, we're going to build you a port there in Peru, actually not Peru, but in any country. We're going to build the road for you. We're going to build the railroad for you. And of course, you'll provide the raw materials and we'll provide the manufacturing expertise. We'll make money along the way, you know, from the loan that we gave you. 
and then you can repay us as we do this wonderful joint trade together and that expands in the future. And China's really smart, right? This decoupling that you've heard about on the planet, East decoupling from West, well, number one, that's another psyops, but we'll be getting into that shortly. But number two, that has impacted the Chinese economy. Their manufacturing sector is down quite a bit, even though they've quote-unquote reopened for COVID. You know, the bug that they developed with Dr. Fauci in the United States in Wuhan and then spread intentionally around the world. And the reason is, is that Western countries are buying less Chinese goods. And all that kind of centers around Ukraine and the China-Russia thing. But I don't want to go down that wormhole today. Suffice it to say, as China implements its Silk Road initiative, countries will become wealthier. And as countries become wealthier, remember, we're talking about more than 60% of the world's population and 70 to 80% of its land area. They're going to buy more Chinese goods. It's a long-term investment in the expansion of Chinese manufacturing. And not only that, cements all the raw materials they need for both defense, offensive military expansion, and of course, manufacturing and technology, rare earth minerals, enhanced computer chips, you name it. I mean, it's brilliantly clever. And since these are loans, which of course China is giving right now on a bilateral and private basis, in other words, nobody knows the term of the loan that China might have made to Brazil or China might have made to a country in the Middle East or that China is negotiating right now with, of all places, Afghanistan. You know, where they have our billion-dollar Air Force base and $80 billion worth of military equipment that Joe and cronies left behind. With a wink and a nod and probably a secret check filtered through numerous laundering efforts as a thank you for that $80 billion plus or minus gift to China. Which is money from our pockets, you know? The water that's by you is gone. The money that's spent on malinvestment is gone. Back to our rant story. And since these are loans... Even though everything is friendly here up front as this is gearing up, or should I say rapidly expanding, I don't think we need too much imagination to know what happens if Brazil defaults on its loan on the seaport or on the mine for rare earth minerals or gold. China will take it. I sincerely doubt we'll forgive 8 to $10 trillion in loans to developing nations. It's an incredibly clever way to get their hooks into the meat, so to speak. And a profit in the meantime, profit through the development, and then profit when the development is complete. It's brilliant. And it stands in stark contrast to the complete lack of brilliance, or should I say intentional non-brilliance, by leaders in the Western countries, particularly here in the United States. So China is financing this through various financial entities that it more or less set up. The Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank. It was first proposed in October 2013 as a development bank dedicated to lending for infrastructure projects. And as of 2015, China had put 1 trillion won, about 160 billion U.S., into infrastructure-related projects in construction through that bank. China is the single largest stakeholder in the bank, of course, holding 26.63% of the voting rights. The bank began formal operations in January of 2016. And then there's the Silk Road Fund. So this began in 2014. CCP leader Chi announced $40 billion to kind of get that development fund going. It would be separate from the banks and not part of the investment, let's say, by the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank. The Silk Road Fund plans to invest in businesses rather than lend money to projects. You see how clever this is? They get their hooks into you on the asset which is being built. That, of course, generates business, and they get their hooks into you through the fund into the business. 
kind of, they're establishing their own cartel, using your assets, of course. By the way, along the way, China came up with what's called a debt sustainability framework. And folks who know way more than this hazy say that it's, quote, virtually identical to the World Bank's and the IMF's, the International Monetary Fund's, own debt sustainability framework. The Chinese are not above copying the best of what others have done or are doing and avoiding the errors. To give you an idea of what they've been able to accomplish thus far, and look, this is, this is the tip of the tip of the iceberg of what they have going and what they're getting done. Just recently, like in the last month or two, the Saudi Arabia Ministry of Investment and the Chinese company Human Horizons. It specializes in a development of kind of self-driving technologies, you know, Elon Musk, Tesla, and the production of electric vehicles. And they signed a $5.6 billion deal to establish a joint venture for research, development, production, and sale of EV cars. China has become the largest trading partner in the Arabic world just over the last four years. Multilateral trade, that is back and forth, is about 430 billion U.S. dollars. That's a 31% increase in 2022, just from 2021. And a quarter of that is trade just between China and Saudi Arabia, which increased 30% just from 2021 to 2022. And you wonder why Saudi Arabia is ditching the dollar, particularly watching the moronic antics, the third world country parade, the clown show in Washington, D.C. and the Western world. And now China and the Gulf Cooperation Council, which is kind of the Arabic economic group, if you will, they're negotiating a free trade agreement. And that's going to push that figure much higher, double it, triple it. And Saudi Arabia is trying to join the BRICS group, right? The new alternative currency. And is also involved in the Shanghai Organization or Cooperation Organization, which once again is a Chinese mastermind. In the meantime, despite the psyops that you're given, you know, the Western world against China and Russia, well, kind of behind our backs, but not so much, the European Union is intensifying its cooperation with a country called Kazakhstan. Well, Kazakhstan seems to be emerging as the bridge between Europe and China in Europe's wish to now participate in the Silk Road Initiative, the Belt and Road Initiative by China. Bye-bye, U.S. The European Bank for Reconstruction and Development is called the EBRD. They've now targeted a project called the Central Trans-Caspian Network. It runs through Kazakhstan and will link Europe with China. This has all been confirmed, by the way, by Kazakhstan, who's competing for Russia, because Russia wants to get its little fingers in the pie, too. And that may portend a future rift of some type between Russia and China, but we're not going there right now. So we have the clear desire of the European Union to invest in alternative configurations of China European Union transport corridors, you know, the basis of the Silk Road Initiative. There's an alternative to this, which is through the North Sea, but that involves Russia, which, of course, you know, given the psyops of this deal, Europe has to at least, on face, thumb its nose at. And the European Union has gone so far as to publish a report, quote, on sustainable transport links between Europe and Central Asia, unquote. Can we spell Central Asia China? C-H-I-N-A? And this would be that portion of the Silk Road Initiative, China's big global deal, which is called the Middle Corridor, which runs through China, Kazakhstan, the Caspian Sea, Georgia, Turkey, and enters the EU via Bulgaria and Romania, Ukraine being an additional possible route. Oh, well, it's amazing how all this is tied in, isn't it? 
That's going to require about 18.5 billion euros, about 22, give or take, billion dollars to get off the ground. I mean, it's going to get much bigger and more expensive from there. But the EU has already committed, behind the scenes, of course, to take on a significant part of the investment that's needed. And this kind of brings to light how Ukraine is a component and a catalyst to, number one, the rapidly evolving BRICS nations and BRICS nations alternative currency and trade programs, to all these satellite organizations like the Shanghai Cooperative Organization that kind of feed into BRICS, to the applications by more than 20 countries now, including Saudi Arabia, to become part of the BRICS, a formal part of the BRICS, and China's Silk Road Initiative. The two are tied at the hip, folks. It's all carrots. And not only does it make economic sense, not only does it make development sense, not only does it make currency sense, but it also makes sense to all these countries. And we have nobody to blame but the governments of the United States because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And the enemy, the common enemy, of around 70% of the countries on the planet Earth, more than 60% of the land area, more than half the population, and more than half of the global GNP is the United States, which is not going to change anytime soon until the corrupt people running this country and driving even Europe away from us, as you can probably ascertained by the tidbits I've shared with you. It's not going to change to those people are out of power or until the national divorce occurs. Otherwise, we're destined for unhappy times. I'll leave it at that. Which brings us to the next update on our historical stories of the last two weeks. This being to the history of recessions last week on the rightsideradio.com if you didn't listen to it. So we're, feed, we're being fed these psyops, right? The market's going up. We're in the new bull market. Inflation's coming down. Employment is rocking. Unbelievable jobs reports. Three to four million new jobs in the last two years. This is nonsense. Listen to last week's economic rat-a-tat-tat, and now listen to what I'm going to bring you as another set of dismaying facts and figures. The real story. So last week, we talked about basically employment, inflation, money supply, and debt, you know, corporate debt, and federal debt, and world debt. But let me give you a few more little tidbits here. Remember that they're telling you that there's no inflation, inflation is coming down, and this money deal is not a problem, and don't worry about this debt, and we have employment up the yin-yang, and etc. Well, let me tell you about the PSYOPs, folks, because it's a PSYOPs, and it's a PSYOPs of the Uniparty, unfortunately. The day after the debt deal was done, the day after, the national debt went up $359 billion. That's a third of a trillion dollars. That's right. I told you last week about the two hotels that went back to the lenders. The the owners just walked away. $725 million in financing. Poof! You know, my rant story? The money that's by is gone. Well, two San Francisco office buildings, big buildings, I mean major buildings in downtown, sold for 75 in one case, and 78% off their appraised value. In other words, they sold for 25% and 22% of their former value. And they're going to be converted, they say, to apartments now. In real estate, which obviously affects all of us in one way, shape, or form. I don't care if you're a renter, you're a homeowner, you're a landowner, it doesn't matter. 
Investor purchases of real estate, other than farm, investor purchases of real estate, particularly residential real estate in major metro markets, is down 49%. That's the largest drop ever recorded in the history of residential real estate record keeping. And remember, investors comprise somewhere between 20 and 30%, depending upon the metro area and what its draw is for vacationers, short-term rentals, etc., of the entire residential market in the United States. Now, a slight silver lining to this is that this might be the beginnings. It's not time yet. For new buyers who have been waiting impatiently to maybe get a crack at a house, to start kind of looking because this trend is going to accelerate. Let me give you an example. Investor purchases are down 60% in Phoenix, 66% in Atlanta, 50% in Denver, 50% in Nashville, 50% in Las Vegas, and I can go on down the list. In May of 2023, right, that's last month, that's what, 14 days ago, whatever, 35,000 homes went into foreclosures. That's an increase of 14%. Remember back to 2008, 9, 10, hundreds of thousands of homes in foreclosure? This is how it began. And what is the government and the lender, what are they doing in response to all this stuff, you know, to try and stop the foreclosure stuff and get houses sold and, you know, cover up these uh, holes that are starting to appear in many of these major metro markets? I didn't even tell you about San Francisco. That's a disaster other than Marin County. By the way, all this information, you can go to Redfin and you can look at their data banks. They keep very good real estate records nationally. There's even apps where you can track your own county as to what's going on in your county. Well, let me tell you that the lenders and the government, either once again, incompetently or intentionally, are going right back to many of the same risky lending practices that brought about the 2007 to 2009 debacle. There's actually more low down payment loans for home buyers right now than there were in 2007. That's an amazing number. Did you know that FHA and certain lenders, I mean, not just FHA, are allowing people to buy homes for 1% down? That's 1% down. Remember the figures I brought you last week? Home ownership costs have risen to 45% of average homeowner income. I mean, that's not sustainable. A really interesting statistic, pandemic buyer remorse. People who bought in 2020 and 2021, 63% of them wish they had not bought the home they're in or had not bought a home. Remember, there's psychology involved in an economy, folks. Psychological outlooks, emotional outlooks, all contribute to a declining or inclining economy. (laughs) And the government knows this. This is why they're feeding you the psyops, right? Working on your emotions and your psyche. 64% of those people, by the way, would have bought a different home if offered the opportunity. Fannie Mae did a study just in the last week or two. Buyer sentiment, 31%, that's only 31% of all homeowners in the United States think it's a good time to sell. And 61% think it's a bad time to buy. Boy, that's not a good combination for market value. Leading indicators. I could get into the whole list of leading indicators. We may have a link on the website. If not, just Google up leading, or not Google, DuckDuckGo up leading indicators and take a look at what they consist of and what they are saying right now. Leading indicators have never been wrong, folks. I mean, this is, go back to the history of recessions and when they began, which was about 50 or 60 years ago, they always foretell a problem coming. 
The leading indicators are falling faster and harder than at any time in the last 40 years. Now, that includes 2007 through 2009. The PCE. You know, the government... The, listen, the, I have a great... I have several great videos on the site for you. Family safety, economy, rat-a-tat-tat, and under the audio bar. These are some top minds in finance, investment, economy, and they're really quite interesting, and you should listen to them, and they cover a wide range of topics. They just came out in the last several days. I mean, they are brand new, fresh, new data. Please do listen to them. One is Wealthion, and one is Kitco. But the government's telling you that inflation's 4%. Well, <laughs> these videos tell you the truth. They tell you exactly what I've been telling you, really, for over a year. Inflation is way understated by the government. Real inflation, real inflation. The government says it's 4%. That's their most recent deal just a couple days ago. The Fed, by the way, go back to our history of the Federal Reserve on the rightsideradio.com. The Fed, by the way, puts a lot of emphasis on what's called the PCE, personal consumption expenditures, which is people's propensity to spend. They expected that to fall. In other words, you know, inflationary pressures going down to 3.7. It came in at 4.2. That's a full half a point above expectation. That's a really big, big, big miss. And that's going to drive Fed policy. I mean, they've paused interest rates for now, but <laughs> hold on to your hat, folks. Over in Europe, Germany has gone into recession. The UK has gone into recession. Now, America has things going for it that Germany, UK, the EU do not have going for it. But let's face it, everything is interconnected. If Europe is in recession, there's less demand for American goods. That'll be reflected in American manufacturing, jobs, you name it. Maybe that's one of the reasons Germany is turning to China. Hmm, let's think about this. There's a really important number that people don't look at. It's called gross domestic income, GDI. And the GDI figures are telling you something entirely different than the employment figures the government is feeding you. The government is telling you, oh, you know, it's uh, unemployment is only 3.7% and there's 3 million new jobs. I mean, I talked about this last week, so I'm not going to repeat it here. But GDI, folks, fell from 3% to 2.3%. What does that tell you? If there's less money that are going into people's hands and less money that they're spending, which is what this is, why would that be? Well, maybe because they're making less money and they've lost their job, or they've had to go from full-time to part-time employment, or et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there are telltales in all these statistics, which if you know where to look, and I've, I've given you the sources and we have links on the site, automatically tell you the government's lying to you. I mean, it's just math. Two plus two is four. It ain't five. Even though this week is the anniversary of the publication of George Orwell's 1984. In terms of inflation, we've talked ad nauseum about all the things they've done to manipulate those inflation numbers over the years. Always playing with them to show the lowest possible inflation rate, which has nothing to do with reality. They told you inflation was 4% year to year just a few days ago. They crowed about the fact that was down from 9% last year. Never mind the fact the 9% was up from 2% the year before. We'll skip that. But in the private sector, in other words, what you are spending your money on really, what you need, what you must have, let me give you some figures. Medical is up 7.5%. That's three times what the government is telling you. Education, doesn't matter whether it's public, private, university, whatever, is up approximately 4.1%. That's two times what the government is telling you. Food, <laughs> well, 
you kind of know what food is going on, right? Food is somewhere between 11 and 15% depending on the type of food. And that, folks, is four times what the government is telling you. Those of you who are on Amazon Prime, I'm personally not a big Amazon fan myself, but many people are. The average food item on Amazon Prime is up approximately 30%, almost 10% a year over the last three years. 2020 to 2023. How about electricity? You think we all kind of need electricity? Oh, well, that isn't in the government figures. Imagine that. You know, it's not included in the CPI. <laughs> it's unbelievable. 14 to 16%. In fact, if you look at the regulatory, the forward regulatory trends, in other words, what regulators at the state levels and various local jurisdictions think they're going to be requesting from public utility commissions, etc., for approval, they're saying 15 to 25% increases over the coming 12 months. And over the last 12 months, 14 to 16% increases in electrical rates, which by the way, is roughly five times what the government told you. In fact, the government's telling you that they're going to take away your gas stove, your gas furnace, you know, any of your gas appliances, and you're going to have to use electricity, which of course is generated by Oh, yeah, fossil fuels. And now for the rest of the story. Let's talk about the really big number they like to wave around. GDP, gross domestic product, the total output of goods, labor, services, government, you name it, in the United States. First of all, GDP has fallen for two consecutive quarters in the EU, and that's even with all the government props to the numbers. That's why they're in recession. Number two, we had two quarters in 2022 of negative GDP. The, the government changed the definition of recession. I mean, you really can't make this up, right? And then told you there was no recession. Don't believe your lion eyes. Don't believe your calculator. And now we have GDP at about slightly over 1%. It was projected to be 2%, which, by the way, happens to be one of the leading ind indicators. And at the same time, the Congressional Budget Office projected $1.2 trillion in deficit spending this year. Well, guess what? We're six months into the year. The government year starts in October, maybe seven months into the year. We are at a $2.2 trillion annualized deficit rate. In other words, the Congressional Budget Office basically cut the forecasted deficit in half, and now we're catching up to reality. Remember, $359 billion in additional debt and deficit in one day after the debt ceiling deal, quote-unquote deal, was passed. Now, here's an interesting exercise for you, and I haven't done the math, but you know government spending obviously percolates through the economy. You know, government workers go out and buy food, and they buy this, and they buy that. Government contractors, you know, get paid, and they pay their people, and it, it you know, it's the multiplier of money. What do you think GDP would be if that $2.2 trillion deficit, which brings us up to around $34 trillion in primary, never mind Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, etc., debt, what do you think that GDP would have been? You can kind of do the math. I'll let you do it. And you tell me if we really have a positive GDP, really, in this country. Because, folks, and this is the real rest of the story, anything is possible and they will do everything that is possible. And that means, folks, if they lie to you about the little things, like, you know, whether or not you're going to have a gas stove, they're sure as hell going to lie to you about the big things. 
like whether or not we're in recession, what inflation is doing, what employment is doing, etc. Watch those videos on the rightsideradio.com. How about some rat-a-tat-tat? I think we'll start off with Biden's corruption. So it's now surfaced that there are 17 recordings that were made by Burisma and Ukraine. Oh, Ukraine. Hmm. Executives and politicians of Biden and Hunter negotiating five to $15 million bribes. And there's tapes, it seems, of other wrongdoings in other countries along the same lines, all while he was vice president and probably, by the way, well-known to Mr. Obama and crew. Imagine that. I'm not going to get much further with this because I want to see how everything plays out. But you'll see in these rat-a-tat-tats that the FBI knew about this in 2017, and they've been hiding it ever since, and they've been trying to hide it lately. In fact, last week, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, they both rock. They tore into the deputy director of the FBI over these very matters. And they also had hearings on the 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the FISA deals. I'll start with the FISA first, and then we'll get into the cadaver tapes, bribery tapes. So there's this recently unsealed Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court document, and it found that the FBI misused this Section 702, you're well aware of the Trump deal and that whole nonsense, more than 278,000 times, that's 278,000 times, in 2020 and early 2021. That included against crime victims, January 6th riot suspects, people who were protesting in the wake of the BLM stuff on the George Floyd deal, and even on 19,000 donors to a congressional candidate. (laughs) How's that for election interference? Which, of course, doesn't happen because we have the freest, fairest, most absolutely controlled elections on the whole planet. And, of course, the intelligence officials who were in Congress did their best to drum up the fear factor. You know, they've kind of learned that COVID, some people kind of succumbed to this. So they said the CIA and the FBI and the NSA, they would struggle if this happened, if the 702 was removed or limited, to stop Iranian assassination plots, Chinese hackers, Russian crimes in Ukraine, never mind Biden's crimes in Ukraine, and drug smugglers that are bringing fentanyl in in across America's southern border. Oh, you mean the border that's open, that's been opened by the executive branch? We've been lied to about it. And let's see the FBI that say, oh yeah, they're all part of the executive branch. Got it. One of the uh, folks being interviewed by the Senate was Assistant Attorney General Matt Olson. He acknowledged the problems. He said, I don't defend them. But he said the committee shouldn't lose sight of what that 702 program does for America's security. And he went through this litany I just gave you. He forgot to add spying on parents, you know, those domestic terrorists trying to get an education and protect their children, or on journalists, and I can go on down the list. And then there was a hearing also this week, and the main, should we say, government spokesperson was FBI Deputy Direct Abbott, A-B-B-A-T-E, who basically refused to answer any questions. Pretty amazing. In fact, when Abbott refused to talk about the Biden bribes that the FBI has been hiding, the upper echelons, I might add, of the FBI has been hiding since 2017, quote, this is Ted Cruz. This is the problem. This is why you're damaging the institution. The American people have a right to know whether there is serious, credible evidence that the President of the United States took a $5 million bribe, unquote. And then Abbott denied that the FBI was stonewalling. I mean, like, there's no videos, there's no 
newspaper article. I mean, there's no congressional records. This is unbelievable. And he rejected the senator's assertion that the FBI was politicized. <laughs> wow. Cruz asked him if the FBI had these 17 recordings. Abby refused to answer. The best thing you guys can do is watch the videos. They're on the website under treason, corruption, and rat-a-tat-tat. It's truly breathtaking. The White House, I told you a little bit about this last week, they have scores, if not hundreds, nobody really knows for sure, of people that they have hired in the White House using your tax money to act as influencers in advance of the 2024 election on Instagram and Pinterest and other uh, social media platforms. Well, how do you like that? And then, of course, there's been tens of billions, that's tens of billions, in grants that have been awarded by various agencies of the executive department. You know, all, all those great agencies, transportation and health and human services and, and health. They're giving money to China, folks. China gets foreign aid from the Biden administration. I wonder if that's equal to the checks he gets from them. And then, of course, they bailed out union pension funds. That, boy, the mainstream media didn't have a word to say on that. To the tune of tens of billions of dollars and planning on doing more. This is all the use of your money to feather their own nest to maintain their power and to influence and, and in my mind, commit election fraud. It's flat-out election fraud. It's flat-out illegal. It's flat-out unconstitutional. And the FBI is busy chasing down parents at PTA meetings. Terrific. Remember, the water and the money that goes by you is gone. And then, of course, we have the continuing drumbeat of Pride Month and transgender stuff and all, you know, that whole crazy tiny, tiny minority of the American public that is raising such an uproar amplified by the mainstream media and the administration of this government. So the White House had this Pride Month celebration over the weekend, right? Right on the lawns of the White House. And here we have three flags, two American flags on the left and right, and a huge gay pride, the rainbow flag, hanging off the balcony, which, by the way, is in violation of the U.S. flag code, which dictates that the American flag must be at the center and the highest point of a group when a number of flags of states or localities or pennants of societies are grouped and displayed from staffs. By the way, they even had some transgender folks topless at this deal at the White House. You don't think this is an attack on American values and American families? Remember the three pillars they have to demolish to get done what they really want to get done? Faith, family, and the Constitution. But you know, the backlash against all this stuff being crammed down our throats is growing in momentum and having ever more increasing effect. So, multiple Target stores across the United States, I brought you this story, they moved all the merchandise, took some of it out of their store. Between Target stores and Anheuser-Busch, they've lost about $30 billion in market value, plus lost sales over the last, give or take, 45 to 60 days. And now... These peaceful members of the gay community who want tolerance, they're now sending letters, of course anonymously, to Target stores in Oklahoma, New York, New Hampshire, Vermont, Louisiana, Ohio, Utah, and Pennsylvania with bomb threats. In fact, some of these letters, let me give you a quote, Target betrayed the LGBTQ plus community and are pathetic cowards who bowed to the wishes of far-right extremists who want to exterminate us. Unquote. Wow. You know, somehow I think they're, that's kind of projection. They've kind of turned this around a little bit. But people are fed up. A recent poll said 69% of Americans said this stuff needs to go away. 
That same 69% said that people who identify as transgender should remain in the sports that correspond to their, oh, who could have thought this, their actual biological gender. That's a seven-point increase, by the way, from two years ago. Only 26% of Americans support transgender folks competing on their preferred teams. That's down from 34% last year. And 55%, they think it's morally wrong, remember the values attack, to attempt to change one's gender to begin with, which is a four-point increase from last year. By the way, 20 states have passed laws forbidding biological males from competing in women's sports. Good for them. Get on your state legislatures if your state is not one of them. I mean, if you believe in women's rights and women's equality, may I suggest you pound out a letter or make a phone call. Starbucks, you know, this DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, they just got their butt handed to them by a court. $25 million. They're going to have to pay a white manager of a Starbucks store that was fired and who proved that she was fired only because she was white and therefore didn't, you know, get in with the diversity thing. And uh, the jury awarded her $25 bucks. Remember what I keep telling you? If you have a claim, I don't care if it's COVID, I don't care if it's this kind of DEI, reverse discrimination, corruption, whatever. Bring it, folks. It's part of the fight. And it is nothing less than what the left does every single day on every single matter. And speaking of an attack on culture and your kids, the WHO, as you know, has promulgated along with a whole bunch of countries, including the United States, like a thousand new rules for its new pandemic treaty, which hopefully you're writing your senator and congressman saying, don't do. They're going to vote on that, by the way, in a year to control your life. And one of the things in these new rules is all about giving children leeway to make sexual and gender decision and not a good thing and our government is here to help you so remember i told you about this the blm is changing the rules of leasing public ground to allow conservation organizations who have a lot more money than the oil and gas industry folks and the ranching folks to bid on federal leases what could go wrong with this particularly as it concerns your food supply and your energy supply. You have until June 20th to make comments to the BLM, and in the meantime, write your congressman, write your senators. Let's stop this and nip it in the bud. It is an overt play for your assets, which is what federal lands are. And here's a really kind of cool rat-a-tat-tat story to end with. So Biden did this illegal ban on ATF braces, and that was kind of uh, enhanced by the ATF, which is obviously anti-gun under this administration. And this is on pistol braces. Whatever you think of pistol braces, they estimate that 29 million plus or minus Americans have pistol braces for their handguns. And the ATF said it would be a felony if you didn't register that pistol brace. Well, you know, registration is the first step to confiscation. And they gave people like three or four months to do this. It ended May 31st. How many Americans do you think stepped up and registered their pistol braces as of the May 31st, on June 1st, you're a felon, the May 31st deadline? 250,000, folks, out of 29 million. Oh, okay. Does that give you kind of a feel as to what would happen if they got serious and talked about registering or confiscating firearms? Yes. And does that also tell you why they are so bent on destroying the Second Amendment? Because it's the Second Amendment, folks, which protects your right to say, stick it, when they tell you to register anything to do with the Second Amendment. Think about that conundrum. Next week, the history of 
pensions in the United States, another economic shoe which is going to drop and nobody's talking about imagine that. But we're out of time. Look in the mirror. Repeat with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and across the globe who love freedom as I do. And we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Keep the wind at your back. Talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side.